And we're live. Christmas episode. We're live. 2022. Nice. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, 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 ho. We no longer have to ask where are the hoes. The hoes are in the house. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Just say it's Christmas time. I agree with you. Ooh, mercy, Jerry. That's all I'm Jerry, Jerry. What? You know, I got to see Santa Claus last Saturday. You did? I did. Oh, did you look in the mirror? I did. Yeah, it was great. It was a fantastic experience. Very nice. Yeah. What we got here? What are we drinking? Was, we're drinking eggnog. It's also the recipe of the week. Mm, give I it liked to eggnog for junk, a while. This is good. This is good. And and this when you say this is good, this is coming from a guy who had Has, only ten approved items on the approved food list. This, it's now up to eleven with eggnog. Go ahead. This is coming from a guy with very, very, very refined taste. Refined taste. Yeah. So very limited. I've even got my pinky taste. up. But yeah, uh, I have drank eggnog for years. I, I liked what you buy in the stores. I thought it was pretty good. I've had the alcoholic. You know, when you had some whiskey or rum. I've really prefer the non-alcoholic. Decided for the first time ever to home make it. And I'll put a link up to the recipe. But if you go to Taste Better from Scratch and search for eggnog, it's their recipe. Very limited number of ingredients. It's basically four ingredients with some seasoning. It's egg yolks, sugar, whipping cream, and milk. Um, the seasoning is nutmeg, pinch of salt, and vanilla extract. That's it. And you talk about good. Far better than any that that I've ever bought. Yeah. Good stuff. Homemade Absolutely eggnog. excellent. Like, if it weren't, you know, if, if it weren't on the band list, we could probably drink a lot of that. Why is it on the band list? It's got a lot of sugar in it. Gotcha. Yeah, it is a little sweet. Good stuff, though. Very good stuff. What else are we drinking? Because we're just drinking up our, our drinking our diet today. Well, we may be giving uh, our old standby a run for its money with Bella Bole. Yes, indeed. Which is the OG, by the way. This was the original wine. If you remember, I bought a bottle of this a few years ago. Still up on top of your cabinets, I think. Yep. And brought over a bottle of Bella Bole. And tonight we are having the uh, the original. Bella Bole Italian Sweet Red. It sure is. It's good, too. Yes, it is. It's very good. I, I like it. That's it. You know, that means a lot. Sure it does. So, Jerry, if Steve. the grand folks wish to reach out and reach us, how would they go about doing that? A couple of choices. They can email us at newsworthywithstevenjerry at gmail.com, or they can text us on the text line at area code 540 709 1318. They can indeed. And they should because Absolutely. We, we love talking to folks. It's Absolutely good. love it. So how was your week? Well, my week has been a roller coaster of epic proportions. Very nice. Very busy at work, both of them. Um, Saturday, I got to help out the man in the red suit by standing in for him at, at our office. And had a great turnout, Good. great, great turnout. But I just got to tell you about these two kids. Okay. There's three of them, but the two oldest, I got to tell you about them. So the way it was situated is Santa was sitting almost directly in front of the front doors. 
And most people were parking around the side of the building and coming in the side doors and formed a little line, okay. you know, coming around to see Santa. Well, this lady parks in the front. You know, there was no real good clear signage as to where to park or where to come in. It was just kind of, we've done it a few years now, so people who generally come kind of know now. Right. This lady hadn't come before uh, because of COVID and due to those issues. Um, she parks in the front, and I can see her getting out of the car. And as soon as she parks, the back door flies open. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, like, hard. She parked in the front, and Very immediately front. the back door flew yes. open. And by the time she got out, one of the little ladies was already out of the car. Seatbelt off. You can see her. She's trying to get it off of her arm as she's getting out of the car. Okay. Um, and she goes around. Mom goes around to the other side of the car, and she's getting, it. you know, from what I can tell, a seat, you know, a kid out of a, a car, car seat. And then another young lady pops out. And... They don't even wait for mom. It was almost scary. As soon as the second lady gets out, and they're like four, three or four years old, all you see is Santa, and they are running toward the front door, just yep. smiles as big as their face is. And uh, mom's tried her best to get into there and stop them from running across the parking lot. And they fling open the door and they didn't care about the line. They didn't care about anything. In my lap, straight they went. <laughs> That's kids for you. Man, that made my whole day. Oh, they sure. were just so excited to be there yep. just to just to talk. They just talked and talked and talked and talked. And then they finally, mom got them out of the, you know, we were having a giveaway for the parents for a, a $100 gift card. Um so mom got them away for a minute, and then, you know, I had a few more kids come through, and here they come. As soon as there wasn't a kid in my lap, one of them were in my lap. The whole 25 minutes they were there. Yeah. Just, just, that was awesome. I loved it. So what are they wanting for Christmas? Couldn't tell you. All they, <laughs> all they really wanted was for mom and dad to have a good meal, and, I mean, that's the kinds of things that they were asking. Very nice. And believe it or not, a lot of the kids that came through, we're asking for very simple stuff, a Christmas tree, uh, uh, a good Christmas dinner. They weren't really asking for a lot. Of, last year was a lot of toys. Uh, give me this and give me that. This year was more, and I don't know if it was the kids or just situations were different, but a lot of the kids came through and they were asking for very humble stuff. Made me feel good. Yeah, It was a good absolutely. feeling. Yeah. Absolutely. Anytime it... You don't have 14 kids in a row asking for an iPhone or something that costs several hundred dollars. And, you know, you can't tell. You can't judge a book by its cover. But many times you can look at the family and the way they're dressed and all that and get an idea if that's even within the realm of possibility. Now, you never know. Yeah, It could right. be a very well-off family that just come from the woods cutting down a Christmas tree. So right. you don't know. But uh, sometimes I'm sure it would probably be heartbreaking to hear some of the desires and realize is it ever hard for you to know what to say to the kids when you look at them and think i wonder you know how much at all it it like the, the the first year i did it i had to temper yeah we'll get you that and, and the biggest example was the kid that came in and his, his family obviously looked like they were struggling and, and that's not a knock you know some people choose to live well below their means and more power sure. to them absolutely um but he came in, and the only thing he wanted was an iPad. Well, mom was kind of like, 
you know, giving me the, oh, that ain't happening um, look. And I was like, yeah, I didn't realize you were a pirate. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you want an eye patch? And we went through a whole spiel about how he's going to be a pirate at Christmas. And he's like, yeah, no, I said an eye patch. <laughs> and then by, before he got it out, I gave him he back to his to parents. <laughs> I was watching a Christmas show two or three nights ago, and I heard a Santa Claus say something. And I thought then, I need to ask Steve if he's ever heard this or uses something like it. I thought it was a really good comeback. It was a kid, I think, that asked for an iPhone or something. And Santa said, well, all of Santa's gifts are surprises, so no promises. Oh, that's a good idea. I thought that was a pretty good way to approach it because, you know, again, you have no way of looking at, at the no. family and telling or having any idea. And, and the worst thing you can do they is, want them to have it? Yeah, the worst thing you can do is tell a kid they're going to get it. You're yeah. either going to disappoint them in Santa or they're going to be disappointed for their parents. And sure. You don't want to do that. So it's yeah. a fine line. Yeah. It's fun. Also got some new ink this week. Stoked by that. Very nice. Um. Uh, went tell down. them what it is. Okay, uh, T- tell the story behind it. Well, I just we went down to uh, East Pike Tattoo in Cynthia, Kentucky. Kevin uh, Brandenburg owns that joint down there. He's fantastic. Uh, very, very smooth, very thorough, and very knowledgeable. If you're in Central Kentucky, you want a tattoo? By all means, go see Kevin down at East Pike Tattoo um, in Cynthia, Kentucky. And the tattoo is basically uh, it's. Christmas season, so I don't care to say it. It's Matthew 8, 5-13. It's my favorite Bible story, um, the Bible story of the centurion. We could speak for two hours what that means to me, but that's not why we're here. <laughs> but uh, he did a fantastic job. It's actually in its really ugly stage, the pilly, milly stage that you have to put lotion on it every six six minutes. But um, yeah, Kevin did a great job. It was fantastic. Very clean shop. If you get very many tattoos, you understand the why cleanliness is very important in that business. Uh, but 10 stars, two thumbs way up. Very nice. Yeah, I thought so too. So that was my weekend. Oh, and then my furnace went out. <laughs> Cap it all off. Right Cap it all Christmas. off right, right before Christmas and the coldest snap we've had yeah. in 10 years. Uh, Which also means that the guys are probably busier than they've been oh throughout gosh, the whole year. Yeah. I spoke HVAC to guys. I use the same guy for my HVAC since I've lived in that house. He's fantastic. Um, and Very honest. He's, he's honest. He's fair. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Paul Van Hoos. There you go. And uh, great guy. If you're in central Kentucky, he's a wonderful HVAC guy. Warning, he's very busy. But, you know, I'm blessed. I have natural gas logs, and I have some safe electrical heaters that I can use. And I just told him, I was like, if you got other people out there you need to hit first, I understand. Just get me on the list. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's where we're at with that. Kind of excited. Nice. We recorded an ad earlier. We're working on that. That's pretty cool. I'm stoked we'll about have that. that out. Hi. We'll have that out very quickly. Yeah. You all get to hear that very soon. So, anywho, whew, that was a lot. You made me speak. Made you speak. Yeah, a lot. I, that's just so unfair for you to say that. I bet you money. I could go back to every teacher you've had back through kindergarten. <laughs> And everyone would agree that it is an impossibility to keep you from speaking. Listen, true story. In my fifth grade class, I had Miss Palmer down in Harrison County High School. I don't know if she still teaches. I'm sure she's retired by now. Literally, 
she had me, so you had all the classroom desk, right? Side by side, front to back, the way they do classrooms. She, I came in the second day of school, and my desk was behind the, the door. So you open the door, there's my desk. When the door was open to the classroom, I couldn't see the other kids. <laughs> and she did that so I would pass because I, sp I just could not shut up. Not only so you could pass for her own sanity to try to calm you down a little bit. Here now. We ain't got to be like that. And you have the audacity to say, I made you speak. Yeah, you made me. Okay. See, that's what we're going to do. We're going to stick with that. That's our story. We're sticking to it. There you go. Well, Miss Palmer disagrees. <laughs> just well, say it. You know, you know. Yeah, I know, and Miss Palmer knows mm -hmm. that you're not stopping that from happening. But it is what it is. So, almost Christmas time. You ready? I'm ready for it. Yes and no. I'm ready for all the gifts to be given and all of that. I still don't have my tree up. How embarrassing is that? Yeah. Do you know in a large part of the country, the tradition is to put up, up the tree and all decorations on Christmas Eve. As far as I'm concerned, it's like, why, why bother? Why bother? If you're not going to put it up before, if you're not going to be able to enjoy it, but the night of, the day of, the night before, the day of, why, why bother? I was always taught that don't do it before Thanksgiving. Day after, weekend day after. after yeah. Yeah. Day after, weekend after, that was when decorations for Christmas went up. Yeah, well... This year we have two cats, which last year climbed in the tree incessantly. Yep. Um, and we got a new dog, and that dog's a chewer. So pretty much everything from its reach down would have been chewed off the tree by now. Um, I, I say that like I'm being mean about it. I love that dog. <laughs> She's so precious. She's my heart. <laughs> oh, she's my heart. Oh, crap. So I was doing a little research uh, about King Arthur, the Knights of the Round Table. Right. Um, and I found a very little known fact about the Knights of the Round Table. What is that? Did you know that one of the knights actually built the table? Did not. Yeah. His name was Circumference. <laughs> that, that's weak. That's very weak. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was a week. It's a, listen, I had an amazing dad joke. Did you? And you lost it. That's right. And I, I lost ask it. You, before the show gets started, we, you know, hey, you got so-and-so, you got so-and-so. Yeah. You're like, oh, crap. Where'd I put it? I looked at every place that I could find, and I don't know where it went. I apologize. Also, this wine is very good. Well, see, you also mess up the delivery of my joke. I did? Yeah. You forgot to ask how my week was. Oh, how was your week, Jerry? Well, it kind of sucked. Why? I had to go to the doctor, and I got some bad news. What's that? I was, yeah, during the interview. You okay? I'm good. Are you sure? Yeah. You, you don't look okay. <laughs> I'm great. Sometimes you worry me, bud. Sometimes <laughs> you worry me. But yeah, anyway, I'm, she tells me I've got to quit masturbating. And I ask her why. She said, well, I'm in the middle of examining you. <laughs> Just saying. Everything doesn't go the way you want. I've seen your doctor, and that's scary. 
You haven't told my doctor. You haven't told my doctor. Well, maybe. Have you? Yeah. You go to the same place I go. It's very likely. Yeah. You. You. I know. You haven't seen my doctor. You wouldn't have made that statement. Oh, really? About her. <laughs> you didn't know it was a her, did you? Oh, well, there you go. That's what I thought. There you go. But anyway, it could be worse. You're about the guy that went to the doctor and and uh, doctor said, I got bad news and worse news for you. What's that? And the guy said, well, what's the bad news? And he said, you're going to die. You only got two days to live. He holy said, crap. holy crap. What's the worst news? He said, I forgot to tell you yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so my news may not have been great, but it could have been worse. That's true. Whew. True fact. Whew. Sir Comfort's. Yeah. That's nice to know. Yeah. Round yeah. table. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I get you. I get you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next week's episode is a little different. A little, little, little. Uh, different from the norm. Different from the norm. We're coming to our listeners again to reach out to us via email, via the text line, via our, you know, if you have my PMs, that's fine too. Uh, my Facebook Messenger, that's okay. Reach out to us and tell us what your uh, year uh, New Year's resolution is going to be. Uh, we want to hear them. We want to put them on air. We want to uh, let everybody know what your goal is. It gives you accountability. It gives us something awesome to talk about. I am a firm believer in New Year's, New Year's resolutions and working toward them. It's a good chance to reset. Some people like to reset every day. Eh, you can really... Just by having goals, you can change your life mentally. It starts with your mind. Your mind will follow. If you set a goal, your mind will subconsciously work toward that goal. It's how I quit smoking. It's how I've done a lot of things in my life. Um, And you just use that as a reset. And we're interested to hear what you have to say. Where can they say that again? How can they reach us? Yeah. I don't know. Well, the text line is area code 540-709-1318. The email address is newsworthy. Um, I'm sorry, newsworthy with Steve and Jerry at gmail.com. Either one of those, and they'll be able to get their ideas, suggestions to us. Obviously, that is going to be the primary. That That's what our show next week is going to be yeah, about, is yeah. New Year's resolutions. I would just think when you're talking about a, a good way to reset, a good way to reach a goal, maybe that would be a good way for me to reach my doctor's goal. Is I can make that my New Year's resolution. Wow. Oh, you don't think it'd be good for that? Well, I mean, wow. I, you do you. That's your, you may even be able to curb your addiction to feet picks. Uh, that's one I really have absolutely zero desire to cure, so. Oh, you want more feet picks? We'll just leave that. I don't want to cure my aversion to feet picks. Oh, okay, got you. I got you. I think I can take that one with me to my grave. So this week, um, I got we got some topics to discuss. I'm sure. Obviously, it's Christmas week. Um, probably want to kind of get into that a little bit and what that means for folks, um, because. The things that I have listed over here on my list, 
are all things that anger me. Pretty negative stuff, huh? Pretty negative stuff. So if we can counter that with some good Christmas stuff or some emu news, okay, that well, would be we, wonderful. We can probably take care of that now. <laughs> Quickly becoming expert on e emu news. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm really concerned by that, to be honest. With what your negativity of all your topics or my emu news? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. Hey, Mochi joined us. How about that? Welcome, Mochi. Mochi not only joined us first, which is odd, and there's no double today. No double. <laughs> Somebody send out a search party. It's double okay. Uh, they speak of the devil. Really? <laughs> she just popped up. We were just talking about you double, and, and we were about to send out a search party yes, for you. Yes, we were. Get and Mochi was saying a lot of smack about how she was first, and you weren't. So just got to call you out, Mochi. Sorry about just that. Say it. Also, uh, Mochi made some sweet rolls the other day. She did. Oh, were they good? Oh, make you slap your pappy good. Now, if <laughs> someone was to want to try those themselves, how would they go about that? They would just send e uh, Mochi an email yeah. at mochismunchies at gmail dot com. There you go. Yeah, fantastic stuff. So, do you want to go first with your your very first topic, or do you want me to go first? I'll let you. I think I went first the last couple of weeks. Well, you did. So, this one just kind of popped up a little while ago, and... Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. No. Zelensky? Well, listen. And the new budget request that's been agreed to? That's two different topics, okay. and they're both on my list, and they both piss me off. I figured that one would be there. So, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jerry... You and I, neither one, really like our president today. Joe Biden is not our favorite president, not, you know, no one we voted for. Uh, but if he invited you to the warehouse, the, the warehouse, <laughs> if he invited you to the White House, okay. we would go, obviously. Probably. We would wear a suit and tie, most definitely, because out of, out of respect, respect for the, the office, office and nothing else. This man who is leader of his own country and has a right to do whatever he wants. I get it. Wears a sweatshirt to the White House. A a visit to the White House that has been planned since the beginning of December. Okay? I can't, and they, they open up with open arms to Zelensky. You know, he's the time man of the year. He's this, he's that, he's whatever. And he goes in tennis shoes Army fatigues and a sweatshirt. Well, to be fair, he's wearing his combat fatigues that he's worn since the beginning of this war. He don't has care. not. I don't care if you care. His country cares. His people care. The people that look to him as a leader of their country, who up until the war was started, from all that I had saw and heard, this man was tried to be respectful of protocols and all that. He was in his button-up shirts and his ties and his suit jackets. So, so he has some. Oh, he has Interesting. Good. But once his country went to war, he decided to, instead of trying to lead from behind a desk with a suit and tie, that he was going to wear combat fatigues and as much as possible was out with the people and in many cases had to be brought back from the front lines. Total respect for all of that. And he has been, he has shown up in public in nothing else other than the exact same outfit that he wore today. 
It's the only thing that for over 300 days that he's appeared in public in. I'm just saying in his defense, that's who he has become for the last 300 days. Okay. I think it's a huge slap in the face and a sign of disrespect. I'm just saying. Okay. (laughs) You would also have to remember that the last two presidents before Biden, Biden is far more old school than Obama or George W. Bush was. Both of them got out of the idea, the notion that a president had to be in a suit and tie all the time. I I don't say that you have to be in a suit and tie every day. It's hard to work in that every day. I get that. Even in the White House. I'm talking about Even in the White House. Okay. But when you're meeting a dignitary, much less a dignitary that you're coming to and saying, hey, by the way, we appreciate the fact you've already given us $100 billion. But no, we want more money. No, not $100 billion. Not $50 billion. Uh, not $25 billion. Mm, okay. I'm, I'm pulling the article now. Okay. But you go ahead with your next topic. I'm just Pretty saying. Pretty sure I read $21 billion. I'm just saying that. If you are coming hat in hand to the office of the greatest country in the world, we're okay. a suit and tie. We're a damn suit and tie. Oh, okay, I get you. Here's my point. That's a disrespect. If you bring a soldier in, you want him to take off his military soldier uniform. Soldiers, and put, let me have finish and put blues. on and put. No, no, no. You want him to come out of that because that's not a suit and tie, and you want him to wear a suit and tie. No, no. If it's a soldier, he should wear his dress blues. All of them. Soldiers. He wore the same uniform. Ukraine isn't one of the richest countries in the world. He wore the only soldier outfit that he has worn for the last 300 days. Just saying. The only one. It's the same one. Just saying. It's a slide of disrespect. You just don't like him or his country. I don't know what it is. You just don't like them. Dude. You don't like the fact, even though they're standing up to Russia, who is, for the last 100 years, has been America's... Biggest I, I have no problem with them standing up. Oh, to you Russia. have a huge problem with him and his country. I have a huge problem with us foregoing. And it, let me just pause there because we're going to go into that in, on the next topic. Just saying. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to it right now. Uh, well, that's on my list too. Okay, we'll go for it. What's no, on, it's on list? my list? Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm going to try to offset a little bit of your negative with. When you have a negative, I'll try to come back with a positive <laughs> as much as I can. You said that all of yours are negative, and I can't say that every single one of mine are positive. This one's more of a neutral. I'm sure you heard about Elon Musk's latest poll, right, that he mm. ran on Twitter? No, I, I actually didn't. Seriously? Seriously. Elon Musk ran a poll on Twitter this past weekend. It ended, I think, at 7 o'clock Monday morning. And his poll was simply, should I step down as CEO of Twitter? <laughs> you have heard of this, right? I did see that, yeah. Sorry. And he went ahead and said, I will abide by the results of this poll. Well, 17 million people voted. And as of Monday morning, I think it was 7 o'clock, whenever his deadline was, at that point in time, 57.5% of respondents said that, excuse me, he should step down. He tweeted yesterday that he was indeed going to resign. Quote, as soon as I find someone foolish enough to take the job. End quote. <laughs> I saw that. and then, But I saw it in, as a meme. Do you remember MySpace at all? Sure. The very first friend very, you ever, very early on. The very first friend you ever got with MySpace was a guy named Tom. And that ridiculous picture yeah. of him looking back. The meme was, hey, I'm available. <laughs> 
Now, Twitter has been known for some time as probably being a tough job. Since Elon Musk has bought it, he really was spot on once he finds a, someone foolish enough to take it. He's still going to be extremely hands-on. He's yeah, made he's it very clear. In every business. And he around. will fire, if they don't do exactly what he wants, he will fire whoever. No matter yeah. what the results, he will fire them. So, I, yeah. I do admire him, though, for taking a poll, an informal poll, and saying, hey, you guys don't want me here, CEO, I'll step down. And now he's saying, guys, I wasn't joking. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Now, there's also been quite a bit of pressure from Tesla investors. There's also been a couple of lawsuits started. Yeah, I heard that from, uh, uh, oh, what's her name? Elizabeth Warren, the uh, not Native Native American senator from uh, wherever she's from. Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you heard what from her? That she was going to start an inquiry about I'm his dedication about lawsuits to lawsuits from yeah. the investors from Tesla. Who I mean, it's got to be concerning to Tesla investors. Uh, again, it's not been a great period for the stock market overall in the last two or three months since he bought Tesla. But if I'm not mistaken, Tesla is down like thirty percent uh, since he bought Twitter down 50-something percent year to, for the calendar year. So if you're a Tesla investor and you're saying, hey, we're paying you to be the, the CEO of this company, you have some responsibility to perform as CEO. And since he's bought Twitter, he's pretty much done nothing but Twitter. So Maybe. I'm sure that played into a little bit of him being willing to step down. He's realizing, hey, I'm worth a whole crap load less money than I was before I bought Twitter, not just due to the $44 billion he paid for Twitter, but due to the loss in value of Tesla stock. Say what? Oh, I was just going to say, maybe he's actually Batman. Maybe. Never mind. You've probably never seen those movies and have no clue what I'm referencing. Probably. Shame on you. Uh, that's all I can say about that. Just shame. Shame, shame, shame. Probably not. Shame, so, shame, shame. It. You're going to do the other... Part of Ukraine bashing? No, I'm going to interject something. <laughs> and then I'm going back to Ukraine. Okay. In 2022, last year. The this year. This year. The DEA, and now we still have, what, four, five, six, seven days left of the year? More than that. Yeah. Well, ten. Ten days left of the year. The Today's DEA 21st. this year has seized enough fentanyl to kill every single American. In one year. Scary stuff. That's crazy. And people are taking this stuff into their bodies by themselves. They're choosing to do this. Yep. It's crazy. Crazy to me. I just don't. It makes me mad. Well, it, I never started doing drugs. I smoked pot a couple of times when I was in college 30 years ago. And pot did a couple of things. It made me want to eat everything in the house. And I wasn't anorexic. It made me want to sleep. Uh and I didn't have a problem with sleeping, so I quickly got off of it. But the biggest thing that kept me away from drugs was thinking, knowing even back then, 20, 30 years ago, hearing about some of the hard stuff and what it would do, and knowing I, I never wanted to get anywhere close to that. So most of these people who die, from a fentanyl overdose. Most of these people who end up taking it, I'm sure that's not where they 
foresaw themselves when they started on their journey. No, and a lot of the people on fentanyl deaths don't even know that they have fentanyl in whatever it is that they're taking. Many cases. That's the scary part. It's whatever lace was sold. Marijuana. Marijuana. Minor drugs laced with. That's the problem when you get into this illegal drug stuff. The people that you buy from aren't exactly trustworthy. The people that you buy from aren't exactly people that you trust. They're not known to be really super intelligent people who are trustworthy. Speaking of not very intelligent people, I have to shout out to Dennis right now. Dennis. Dennis. Dennis the Menace. Because he has gone out of his way to make my friend very uncomfortable. So I hope that our loud voices, and I'll explain all this to you after we get off the air, I hope that we are making Dennis very, very uncomfortable. So there you go, Dennis. Take that. (laughs) That was for you, Dennis. (laughs) Yes. Oh, well, sorry. I, I just, it just really, really, there are so many lives that I see every day affected by fentanyl, by heroin. Um, and I know there's no easy solution. You and I have talked a hundred times. There's, we even did a whole, I think we did a whole episode just on drugs. We did. And, and every time I see a new report, it just reignites my anger. So, But I'm almost to the point where I don't even know who to be angry at. You and I have talked. There's so many things that we have so little faith in the government because there's so many problems that have easy, fixable answers. Yeah. And if the government wanted to fix them, they would. You and I sat and just BSed and come up with solutions that we knew were far better than what the government was currently doing with so many different issues. N- not so with drugs. No. Not so. I, I used to think, you know, we just got to be stricter. We got to throw the book at them and, and get it to where the punishment is so severe. Guys, it doesn't work. We did that. We did that for 20, 30 years. It doesn't work. At this point, I. I don't know. Hey, Jerry, I literally don't know. Guess what? We finished. I have a surprise for you. Yeah. I have a, a second bo- bottle of wine. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. I'm sure you and I can uh, yeah. we'll have a great time. I'm not sure that our listeners will be able to survive the second bottle. <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Trust me. <sighs> That was my second topic. Okay. I just I saw that report and it just it it hurts me. It angers me. It just roils emotion up in me um, because there's a lot of people out there, and, and you know this is one of those things that I used to always blame it on the people using the drugs. It's not that's just not how it works now though. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And it's one more thing. You and I talked about this quite a bit when you and I were. Growing up uh, in high school, everybody knew who the druggies were. If you yeah. wanted drugs, you know who to go to. Yeah. Can't uh, do that now. Well, that's not the problem. The problem now is China is making synthetic drugs and they are coming up with new drugs to where they will take an older drug and change one right. molecule. And the fact that they've changed one molecule instead of you know, a big, long chemical formula, and one of it's C-16. It's, they change it to C-17. And it suddenly becomes a new co- chemical compound. And at that point, every law that America has that made that old drug illegal Absolutely. no longer applies to this new drug because it's not the same thing. It is a different drug. 
They Absolutely. are coming up with things way faster than we can legislate them into becoming illegal. Sure. Which means that now they are selling at your local convenience store, your local 7-Eleven, your local Super America. They're selling crap that is far stronger than anything that was available when you and I were kids. Oh, sure. And they can't sell it as something edible because if so, it's got to be approved by the FDA. But they're selling quote unquote incense that word gets around in all the schools. Hey, here's what you do. You, you inhale this. There is stuff at the local convenience stores that is incredibly strong. How do you raise kids in that environment? Yeah. <laughs> Back when you and I was being raised, it was, well, you know, you're going to real quickly figure out the guys that are druggies. Right. Stay away from them. Yeah. And now you tell them what? Stay away from Walmart. Stay away from CVS. Stay away from your local convenience store because they very well might be selling stuff that could kill you. Scary times. Anyway. Your I've turn. Got, I've got a sad one. Oh. Truly sad. I don't care how you want to look at it. It's sad. President Joe Biden participated in a Delaware town hall for United States veterans a few days ago. He told the crowd a story about awarding a Purple Heart to his late uncle, Frank Biden, when he was vice president. He said that his father had requested it. Apparently, what his father told him was that his uncle, his father's brother, had earned it, been promised it, but had never been given it. When Joe Biden was made vice president, his father had a request. Could you see if you can fix that? And Biden told this group of veterans that he did, that he went through the proper channels and he was able to get the purple heart for his uncle. And that at a family get together, he presented it to him. He even talked about that his uncle didn't want it. His uncle said that he felt guilty because he lived and many of his buddies died. You want to know the sad part? They fact-checked it. They found out that Joe Biden became vice president in 2008. Okay, they didn't have to fact-check right. that. They knew that. His uncle passed away in 1999. His father passed away in 2002. So it was all a lie. Was it a lie? <laughs> Possibly. If it was, we've got a president who is willing to lie, even when he knows what he's saying is going to be fact-checked and found out within a few minutes or hours. Far well, scarier and far sadder to me is I think he believed it. Far scarier because I think we've got a United States president who told a story. I don't think he even meant to be lying. I think he believed it. Well, he and did. none of it's true. He, he did. Not friggin' word of it is true. Same with Remember me. a few weeks ago when you were talking at, uh, at the election about the senator from Pennsylvania? What's his name? Uh, Fetterman. Oz, Fetterman. Yeah. And you were expressing concern yeah. about his mental acuity right. shortly after a stroke. Folks, this isn't to me a question of do we need to question the mental acuity. We have a president who this week told this big, long story. I watched the video of it. Jeez. I swear he's not lying. I swear this man believed every word he was saying. That, to me, is far scarier than him just standing there lying. He, he, did, that, he did that a few weeks ago, too. And he said, when he said that he had met, oh, what did he say he had met? The met the, the guy, oh, he said he had met a guy and the guy died a year before he was born. I, I just don't know where. There's too much of this to say he's lying. 
you don't say stuff like that, that you met someone that died before you're born. Right. You're not going to get called out. I know, right? Where, what is his mental state of mind? Yeah, the scary, that's scary as hell. That we hey, raccoon. For the next here. Years. Hello, raccoon. The scarier part than the fact that this is our president for the next two years is the fact that there's two things that are scarier. Number one, to me, you probably don't agree, but to me, there's one worse candidate than him in the United States of America, and that's Donald Trump. Scarier than that is the fact that these are probably going to be the two candidates oh at the next God. election. Please don't say that. I hate I Charlie, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're hope wrong, too. I pray I'm wrong. I can't imagine... Now, I Nancy, one, much less both. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are towing the company line when they say, yes, we absolutely want Joe Biden to run again in 2024. I can't believe that. Now, Nancy Pelosi maybe believes it because she's 156 million years old. At least she's stepping old. down. Thank goodness. From her leadership role. Yeah, not from she's not, her no, she's still going to resent people she's never met. Um Resent or represent? Represent. Okay. Well, same difference, really, unfortunately. Um, and Chuck Schumer's, up, you know, just behind her, like 106,000 years old. So they may actually want Joe Biden to run again. Doubt it. But, but you're right. They're towing the party line. They're towing the party line. But as Republicans go, if you're a Republican, you absolutely have to look at all the candidates. If you don't, you're not doing justice. Um, Trump is a scary candidate because of... Let me backtrack, because Raccoon asked this question. What makes Trump a, a scary candidate? And it's a good question. Everything he did the first four years he was in office? I don't agree with that, Jerry. 90% of what he did in the first Don't agree year. with that, Jerry. Yep. Anything that involved him. 99% of what he said. Anything that came out of his mouth. Okay, me and you are going to agree on that. Yes, he's a mean tweeter. Yes, he spoke a lot of crap. Most of his policies, I actually didn't mind. I can't think of many several. that I did. There were several. I was very proud of when he was reading from the script. I thought he was a very presidential president. Um, it's when he got off script and he started attacking people personally for not agreeing so you liked with him. The five percent of the time that he was on script. No, I liked I liked his policies. I liked him when he was talking on script. I liked five percent. I liked the fact that I felt as an American that he actually gave a damn about working people. Yeah. Now, does he? No, in my opinion, knows? Donald Trump doesn't give a damn about anything except himself, and there is no truer picture of that than the fact that until today, he still refuses to admit that he lost the election. By the way, what was it you told me today that Hannity finally come out and said? Oh, yeah. Hannity, under oath, because he was called to testify, um, said that he had no doubt at any, not, point, at any point that there was any kind of election fraud that cost Donald Trump the presidency. And it is the same thing has been said it, by his attorney general, by every judge that he came in front of. But up until that point, and quite frankly, if you don't question those kinds of things. Questioning I, is one thing. Well, I, To I, not I, admit years later I, I that, that everybody... That tells you who he's looking out for. He's not looking out for America. He's looking out for Donald Trump. I get that. But what I was saying is any election, regardless who wins, you got a question. You got to make sure the, the T-shirt crossed it. and the eyes are done. But do we not normally do that as part of the normal process? I, we, we would like to think that that's no. happening. <laughs> Look into it at a local level. Go down and talk to your local poll and ask them what their audit procedures are. They will tell you. We have a system in place that is designed at the local level, not your county. 
at your local polling place. Oh, Every that. single one has audit procedures in place. So we are dotting the I's and crossing the T's. I understand. And, and we're looking at it from a very, in Kentucky, you have to be able to show an ID in order to vote. Which is important, the way it should be everywhere. It should be everywhere. But guess what? It's no. not. So in those places that it's not, you need to have a more thorough auditing But you procedure. know what, Steve? Even in those places. Tell me the three places where substantial fraud has ever been found. I don't think of that. Nowhere, nowhere, and nowhere. The ever, only place ever. that we've ever found substantial fraud is in Kentucky is in eastern Kentucky, and that's why we have to that now show substantial. IDs. It was enough to toss some elections. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm going back hundreds of years now. I had, had, not have. He passed away several years ago. I had a grandfather, very good man, very religious man. <laughs> went to jail once in his life, and it was for beating a man up because he paid the man to vote. Oh. I didn't get the link. I think I've told this story before on air, but he paid a man to vote a yeah. certain way, and the man come out and was bragging to some other people that he didn't vote that way. So yeah. I know, But you know what? Even back then, it's not substantial enough to throw election. Well, I, I'm, I'm just, just saying. Not, I'm just never, saying. It's never if you just take everywhere. that part out, you know, I, I, I still to this day feel like Donald Trump did a very good job when it comes to policy. I feel like Donald Trump did a very good job exposing the deep state. Um, and, and you and I can go round and round about that, but I really feel that the president and most figureheads are just that in a lot of cases. Well, there. most conspiracy theorists feel exactly the same way, so well, no surprise. I'm okay with being in that camp because you know what happens? Over time, it's never been proven right at all. So don't even try that. Many conspiracies have not one in on a fact, national level. Tell me one. I'll, one. I'll be happy to tell you what right now, and it's a big one about the that nobody's talking about. Yeah, that's not even a conspiracy theory. We've known that forever. So We've really not known conspir- that yes, we forever. Have. have you? When has the How government? Area fifty one been public? Area fifty one's been public since nineteen ninety six, I think nineteen ninety nine. Okay, right, right there. Well, assume in nineteen ninety six, that's twenty six years. It, this is not a deep conspiracy theory. Uh, we've known that forever. That's not the government trying to. Also, just Raccoon brings up another point when it comes back to the elections. What? It has been proven that that particular, and I forget the name of the voting machine, can be hacked. All you need is about five minutes in the screen by yourself, and that can happen. Number one. Just saying. No, it's not been proven. It is for you and Raccoon. Show me proof. I will find the video. First of all, you didn't say it has been proven that they can be hacked. When they are connected to the Internet and guys have the ability to plug up computers to them, you just said that five minutes behind the screen as a voting person, that has never been done. Okay, I'll show you the video. No, you, well, okay. I'll even that grab the video. Happened. I'm not going to do it during the show because that takes too much time. But I will send you the video. We'll post it. It has online. not happened. Never happened. <laughs> Never. Anyway. Whose turn is it? I don't, even I, know. I don't know. But let me go on. Since we're already okay. pissed and talking about politics, let me throw one more out. Absolutely. When do we ever do one of these and not talk politics? It's a true fact. So, do we want to thank our local guy or do we want to thank our national guy? Could you be a little more specific? Just say one. Because uh, I can go either way. I'm ready. Local or national, I'll go with let's thank the state guy. Okay, great. Mitch McConnell. Our wonderful, dear Senator Mitch McConnell. I have him on my list. I hope it's for the same thing. Oh, my goodness. Mitch McConnell. 
if there was ever an opportunity for me to finally not vote for you, regardless of how many more times you run, if there's ever been a time for me to say, okay, you're done, and I'm going to vote for whomever runs against you, even if it's a liberal Democrat, that time has come. Okay. Are you excited about that? Um, depends. Why? Mitch McConnell, this guy who is so out of touch with America, okay? This guy who spends money like it's his job, and it's not. It's That's our money. every politician in Washington. Right, but he's the paper. leader. He's the leader of the of Senate. Of the GOP. Of the GOP. So he's not the leader of the Senate. He's the leader of the Senate GOP. Yes. Thank you. He's not even in majority. So I you don't can't care. say he's leader of, G of the Senate. It doesn't matter. He could fight this crap. He right. sends over an omnibus bill. Oh, okay. That's not what. Oh, no, I'm not done yet. It, it, it's included in said bill. No, it's not. 4,118 pages of an omnibus bill that senators are supposed to look at, read through the entire thing, and sign off on in 48 hours to, to He's vote. the ultimate politician. Listen, if you expect, and I'm talking not you specifically, I'm Any talking to you, Mitch McConnell. Or you, any politician, expect to pass this garbage, you've got, if you vote for this bill, I don't care if you're Republican, I don't care if you're Democrat, you're, you are ignorant and you're out of touch with America. We are tired of, Americans are tired of politicians voting for crap that they don't know what's in it just to tow a party line. And this, this is the stupid. Small print that'll kill you every time. Absolutely. And that's exactly what he's banking on. There's a reason yes. he introduced it last minute. Four thousand. And that's the reason. One more reason. I absolutely love Mitch McConnell, or not Mitch McConnell. Rand Paul so much more. He's like, I'm not voting for this crap. Thomas Massey, I'm not voting for this crap. This is stupid. We cannot read what's in the bill. Their entire staff. Rand Paul tried his entire staff to take parts of it. They could divide it up. Still divide not be it up able and didn't get through half it. of it. Yeah. And no it's way. stupid. Oh, also included. Now, I want you to be, be aware that right now, our southern border is being, it's a flood. Not We're yet. being flooded. No, not yet. They anticipate, but then the judge paused that law. What law? Prop 42 was supposed to end on the 21st. All right. I'm just talking about about the fact that we have an open border. No, we don't. That Kamala Harris, who's supposed to be the czar of the border, border. has not even been to yet. It's not an open border. $45 more billion to Ukraine. We have homeless people, homeless veterans. Yeah, it's in the bill. $45 billion back to Ukraine. First of all, we don't have $45 billion. Did you look up to see how much was sent so far? Or you said $100. It, it, it was this puts us over a hundred, over one hundred and ten billion dollars if this passes. No, we'll go ahead. That's what the bill says. I, I, I have it right here. It says right here. Look, according to Newsweek, well, I can't get my thing to scroll down. According to Newsweek, this puts us over a hundred and one billion dollars. That's cash. That didn't include any any it's, any equipment we've sent them, huh? If it's passed, yeah. I don't know where it won't go down. Anyway, this is stupid. We don't have $45 billion to send them. No. Jerry, if we were sitting on a surplus, I wouldn't bitch so much about us sending money to help Ukraine. We're not. We have to borrow this money at over, uh, and we're borrowing a million dollars every second. 
Every second of the day, we're borrowing a million dollars in the form of bonds and treasuries. Rand Paul had one of the best sayings I've ever heard about politics in Washington, D.C. Rand Paul said, people always love to say that the two parties, the Democrats and Republicans, can't get anything done. He said, they're wrong. We can agree to spend far more money than we've got. Amen. We do it every day. Rand Paul's 100% right. We spend, we borrow a million dollars a second to pay on the interest on the $31 trillion we have in debt. We don't have a debt. I mean, we don't, we don't have any money. How you can just vote as a sitting senator or a sitting congressman to give money away that we don't have blows me away. According to this website, the Council for Foreign Relations, and it's dated December 16th, five days ago, The Biden administration and the U.S. Congress have directed almost $50 billion in assistance to Ukraine, which includes humanitarian, financial, and military support. So it's a total at five days ago. That does not include the $1.85 billion that was approved a couple hours ago, but it was almost $50 billion, and that's total. Not You said cash, not military. That is humanitarian, financial, and military support. Well, according to Newsweek, it finally decided to scroll. The spending package includes $45 billion in new emergency assistance for Ukraine, and it would add to the total U.S. aid to Ukraine, which has risen to more than $100 billion since March. That's what it says right here in Newsweek. So right which, here on whichever one you want to take, neither the one, point is this, well, we don't have the money. When you said that the amount currently, which is most of them are saying around $50 million now, plus this would take it to 100 but it does include military. That's the total. That's not cash. It, it absolutely. If it's it, money, we don't have. It, we don't have it. That's my point. <laughs> That's it. Now, play devil's advocate for one second. Should we have helped them at all? Should we have given them anything? I, I'm not opposed to helping them militarily. If we have surplus equipment, we can send. Should we have given them? Should we give any country any financial aid? Depends we on don't have the money. So you're talking about borrowing. I think that if we're going to give money away and it is worth the interest we have to pay to borrow it, it at least should have some strategic value to us. Well, I think investing in Ukraine probably has a lot more strategic value. Does it? Hold the on, president doesn't even respect us enough to wear a tie to the White may House. May I finish speaking? Yes, please. Absolutely. At least let me get the question out before you tell me how stupid the question is. Is there strategic? Is there not more strategic value in helping Ukraine stay out of another USSR than giving money to Japan that you're talking about last week? They're going to be our friend no matter what. So tell me what the military value of that is. They're not going to turn to the other side. They're not going to join China or Russia. Ukraine, if Putin has his way, absolutely will join Russia if we don't help them. So you tell me which one we have more of a military strategy. No, I, I understand what you're saying, and I'm not saying that there's an easy easy out there. However, I will say that we are partially to blame for Russia invading Ukraine. When we started talking to Ukraine about that. joining NATO, that. that's when Russia no, said, we hey, do that. Russia said, this country do that doesn't direct. join NATO. But what we have broken rules with a lot 
ever since the dissolution of the USSR is we promised NATO would not move one further inch eastward towards Russia. And it has it substantially hasn't several times. <laughs> Ukraine, we have been pretty explicit, is not going to join United Nations. Even so, my point is this. Do I think we should have helped them some? Probably. We have a huge military interest in keeping them from not becoming part of Russia. Anyway, now, how much should it be? I'm not going to pretend that I'm smart enough to be able to tell you what amount would have been the right amount for us to help support Ukraine. Do I think we've gone too far? Probably. We've gone a long way. Here, here, here's the whole point of that. I, I got off on a Ukraine tangent, and I didn't even mean to. The $45 billion just pisses me off. The, the main point, we get it, you're a McConnell fanboy. No, absolutely not. In fact, McConnell said, and this is what has made me never vote for him again, that Ukraine is our number one priority. Folks, if you are a senator, your job is to represent our state. Our country. To our state, to our country. Our state, if you if you want to get down to brass tacks, should I be totally his president. disagree with that. What do you mean? Otherwise, you've got 100 senators in the United States in Washington that have You're right, 50 Drucker. different views of what should happen. That'll never work. No, 50 it, different views can't represent the best interest of the United States of America. Their job is to represent their country and what is best for the United States. Their primary that. job is I to support that. and uphold the Constitution of the United States. I get that. Not, but what he said was I get our that. number one priority. We have an overflowing southern border. Education is in the tank across the entire United States. The southern border and homelessness is through the roof. Drug problem. Last four years. What? The southern border. You're drastically overemphasizing because no, no, I'm not because it, it hasn't gotten any worse, but it hasn't gotten better in 20 years. Okay, regardless the same of thing the it's president, been for the last 20 years, don't tell me it's one of our greatest concerns. I think it's been it that is. way for 20 years, and it has been for 20 years. The people just keep pushing it and kicking it down the road. If it really hasn't gotten any better or any worse, and it's the same for 20 years, you can't claim it's our worst problem. If so, we are one very blessed country. We have very few problems. <laughs> I'm just and saying. I think we do have problems. We do have a ton of problems. And the deficit is far bigger than the. Amen. Well, you now you're preaching to the choir. You didn't I had you, got there. Well, yet. The first thing you brought up is southern border. I hadn't got to That's the deficit. The straight yet. How many times, GOP? Jerry? Have I sit here and told you, and you agreed with me? Sure. That's that probably the number one problem in our nation, as far as that national health and our uh, our safety and national our defense, national defense is our is our deficit. Sure. It will end up killing us if we don't change something. Absolutely. That's my topic. Sorry, Mitch, you're out. I think I can change your opinion of him just a little bit. Every once in a while, you come across a politician who does or says something that gives you hope that maybe, just maybe, the system isn't quite as broken as we had thought. Well, last Monday was such a day. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on Monday issued a terse response to the House January 6th Select Committee's decision to refer criminal charges against former President Trump to the Justice Department. He said, and I quote, the entire nation knows who is responsible for that day. Beyond that, I don't have any immediate observations. End quote. He said in a statement that was reacting to the House panel that had voted earlier that day to refer four criminal charges against Trump to prosecutors. Those four charges were are inciting an insurrection, 
conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to make a false statement, and obstruction of an official proceeding. So after that, I'm sure you have newfound, newfound appreciation for Senator Mitch McConnell. No. I know I certainly do. No. And first of all, the, the whole fact that they're charging him with insurrection. They're not charging him with shit. You do understand that, right? Yeah, well. What happened? What they did was symbolic. They are urging the Department of Justice to do this. They're not charging anything. And he, in all likelihood, will be charged with absolutely nothing. And if he is, it's a waste of time because that's quickly going to be undone by the United States Senate in January. Oh, man. What? What? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. So, give me your best Christmas memory, Jerry. Let's change things up here. Best Christmas memory. My ears are hot, so I got to check my blood pressure. It's beyond a shadow <laughs> of a doubt. I'll tell you what it was. I think Nikki was eight or nine years old, and she wanted a... What was the thing before the iPods called? The displayed music? I something. What was it? I, I don't know. It'll come to me to say, you know what I'm talking about? The yeah, little yeah. music thing. Yeah, the little music box. You downloaded yeah. music to it and it just played it back. The I, not pad. Doggone it. That was my daughter's big Christmas request. They were like three, four hundred bucks several years ago. And had come in was giving her that present at Monticello. Um, so mom, dad, you know, my brothers and sisters, the grandkids, there's a bunch of people there. ton of uh, presents under the tree. iPod. iPod. That's iPod. it. Good job, double. And I got, you know, sidetracked looking at the presents of my nieces and nephews and talking to mom and dad, my brother and sister. I look over at my daughter, and she's got this sad look on her face. And I went over to her and sat down next to her and said, uh, so how's your Christmas? Okay. Did you get what you wanted? Yes, I did. I'm like, well, show me what you got. And I got to looking, and there was no... Uh, I already forgot it. I, iPod. iPod. There was no iPod. There was no any of the accessories, none of it. So I was like, I think there's some more presents under the tree you haven't found. And uh, the look on her face when she found and opened her iPod was probably my greatest Christmas. <laughs> probably awesome. the, the best. I also remember that was the year when I realized how much I had changed from being the little kid who Christmas up to a certain point is all about what you got. It was all about the presents you received. And that was the year that I realized beyond a shadow of a doubt that that no longer even came anywhere close to the joy I got from giving. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. What's yours? Um, my first year as a single dad and we all got together. We had this little ugly Charlie Brown Christmas tree that if you didn't touch you it, talking about it, you didn't touch it exactly right that you would get, you'd have to go get a tetanus shot because <laughs> it was so rust. All the little metal bars were rusty. Yep. So, um, but me and the boys, it's little Charlie Brown tree. <laughs> we we put it all up and we all we all decorated it. Now, 
if you have teenage boys, and it became a tradition. It's a tradition to this day. And unfortunately, this year it probably isn't going to happen. But from that point on, I, we got done decorating it, and I went in and took some pictures, and then the boys just started snickering. And I'm like, what y'all laughing at? They're like, <laughs> you know how kids do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what y'all laughing at? And I start looking around the tree, and I'm, I don't know what I'm looking for. And then I see these boys had taken a long ornament and two small ornaments and put a phallus on the Christmas tree <laughs> on the back side of it. Didn't think I'd know. They couldn't stop giggling about it long enough for me not to notice it. So from that point on, every year we've had a phallus somewhere on the Christmas tree. <laughs> I think I may have told you this. I saw a cute TikTok a couple of weeks ago. This woman walked in her living room and her two-year-old son, who had nothing on but a diaper, and he had one of those short set of Christmas lights, like a craft set, tin lights maybe, <laughs> you know, like you put around a yeah. little ornament or whatever. Anyway, he's got this little six, eight inch string of Christmas lights and he is holding it with one thumb to his diaper. It's dangling down and he's sitting there swiveling his hips. His mom says, son, what are you doing? He said, I'm just playing with my Christmas pee-pee. So cute. Boys are boys are something something special, man. I'm telling you what. Uh, If you only have girls... Mochi, you're you're missing out. (laughs) Very true. Oh, man. What's your next topic? I got a scary one for you. Oh, no. This is scary. This is not Halloween. Dude, you don't even understand. And this is probably going to be our last topic. We're we're pushing the limits here. This is huge. A Chicago aquarium hatched a pups with no father. The Shedd Aquarium in Chicago said researchers were stunned when they discovered a female zebra shark had hatched pups without any genetic material from a male. Genetic testing was performed on the pups as part of a research project that was related to a breeding program for the species. They were stunned to discover that Bubbles was the sole parent of the baby sharks. (coughs) She had reproduced via parthenogenesis, which is where a female will fertilize eggs with her own genetic material. Now, they said that the the aquarium said that sharks have been known to do this, to reproduce asexually before on very rare occasions, but it was believed to be a response when there was an absolute lack of available male mates. But in this case, there were several males in the tank with her. This chick looked around and said, "Uh, no, thank you. Mm. Don't need you guys. Mm. As a matter of fact, hold my beer. Watch this. Dude, I'm telling you, if women figure out how to do this, we're done. We're gone. (laughs) They're going to get rid of us so fast, it'll make your head spin. See, now now here's what I'm proposing. We need to send out an email. we got to get all the guys together. Now, we start with making sure that all the women get really nice Christmas presents this year. I'll be honest. Is this going to work? Probably not. But we're too late to worry about that. What what other alternatives do we have? <laughs> we can't let this get out of hand any further. Well, Scary stuff. Fortunately. Okay. Fortunately. Fortunately. Humans and penguins 
are the only animals known to, known on the planet that procreate for fun, <laughs> not just for reproductive needs. True. So hopefully we'll be exempt from this. Hopefully. But if I start having pups in my house, I'm going to be really angry. I'm just saying that technology has made advancements in certain devices that, uh, yeah, I still say we're in trouble. Yeah. I just got one more little thing, and sure. then I want to close on a good note. So my next thing is... I got one thing really small, too. Okay, go ahead. I can, work it in. can I work it in now? Yeah, okay. go ahead. Let me find it real quick. For the Emu News of the Week, we can't <laughs> close without that. <laughs> oh, wait. Let's yes. pause for your entrance music. I don't even know where it's at. <laughs> we'll do that next time. Entrance music for the Emu News of the Week. <laughs> a pair of celebrity emus that vanished after being banned from an Outback pub for bad behavior have been rediscovered, and they have multiplied. What? Uraka is a small red dirt town with a population of about 20 in Queensland, Australia. This woman had been, she was brought some eggs. Uh she put them under something warm, heat lamp, whatever. And if I remember correctly, nine emus hatched. Only two lived. The other seven, apparently they can't stay on the friggin' road. Seven of them got mowed down by traffic. Two of them lived. They discovered this local pub and they started going in it. There was no door. They should, When they finally banned them, <laughs> they did it with a little rope across the front end. They started going in and stealing drinks, food, keychains, and running off with it. <laughs> the pub had to ban them, which they did with a chain. A little, you know, so from now on, you couldn't just walk into the pub. You had to actually unchain and walk in and rechain. They've shown back up, and they've got four more. Wow. They, they disappeared for like 10 months. But they've been rediscovered with a set of chicks or whatever. You know, Australia is beautiful. Muse, they got all this beautiful stuff, but everything down there tries stuff. to kill you. Yes, it does. I have no desire to go to Australia. A lot I, of dangerous I want to go to everywhere else in the world except all yeah, Australia. I want to go at least for a short period of time. Anyway, that's my topic. I'm glad. I'm glad. I just wanted to bring up that it was made in the news this week. Um, if you're a woman... Uh, you in certain countries, namely Afghanistan, have been set back to the Stone Ages this year, this week. Banned from universities. Our wonderful ally, in air quotes, uh, the Taliban has banned education for women again. Higher education. Higher education. Education <laughs> in, in, you know, a country that is designed, I guess, and just cursed to always be a cave. I just, <laughs> there's no way forward if you keep banning people from becoming the best that they can be. Not just um, some people, half your population. Half your population. The, the, the half that has to teach your children, by the way. Which the makes, half that apparently is going to survive. <laughs> I guess. She's because they don't need you anymore, men. <laughs> yep. Well, guys, uh, we will not see you again. Until after Christmas. So very, true. very, very much from from me and my house and Jerry and his house. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And uh, uh, please uh, stay warm, stay safe, 
enjoy what Christmas really is about and, you know, just hug your family tight. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeah. Amen. Hey, and Jerry, if you can't see the light, be the light. Be the light.